Well, as we hopefully uh, get closer to kicking off the college football season, let's welcome on Pete Futak, publisher of collegefootballnews.com. Does awesome work there. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And before we get us started with Pete, please take a quick moment out, guys. Leave us that rating, review, subscribe to the podcast. We'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. I just got a, a bunch of new ones, actually. Got a bunch of new ones, a new order, fresh order, and they're yours if you leave that rating and review and send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. Pete, it's been a weird offseason. It's a weird preseason right now. The Big 12 announces a 10-game schedule basically in line with the other Power 5 conferences. What do you think this season's going to look like, Pete? It's going to be a mess until they figure it out. And what the conferences are doing is that the mid-September start date is going to really make this thing a little bit more interesting because it, it seems like it's right here. It seems like it's starting up. But, I mean, in so many weird ways around this time, it's everything seems shortened and long. Like it's just like it seems like we've been doing this for forever. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, it's only been four months since uh, the whole thing's really sort of shut down in the world. Uh, six weeks does not seem like that long, but it kind of is. You know, especially considering it's early August and right now is when it all ramps up. It's all supposed to get going. We're all supposed to get into the college football world. Uh, the co- coaches poll comes out this week. You know, things are start to the, the normal side of things is supposed to start, and it's not going to really feel right because the Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, and Big Ten aren't planning on going until mid to end of September. So everything's kind of shifted a month. So it's going to be a little bit weird, but mainly they need that. I think they're waiting for something to figure out more. They're waiting for some anything to show them how to do this, whether it's the NFL whether it's better testing, whether it's getting students back on campus, uh, whether it's anything, because what they're seeing, what we, my concern right now is read what's going on. If you've got a bubble like the NHL and NBA have, you can do this. If you don't have a bubble like baseball, you probably can't do this. And it's driving me up a wall why colleges haven't just figured this one out yet and said, okay, we can't do a whole 130-team FBS bubble, but we can do it on a team-by-team basis. Uh, college football regular season is only three months. You're not talking about for forever, but since everyone's going to basically, since college is going to really be a streaming service this year anyway, why not just lock down the players and say, hey, look, you're in this glorified athletic dorm complex area, and then you get out to travel to go to games, and that's it. Other than that, it's going to be kind of hard to do this. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, is it possible, though, Pete, that, you know, since we're dealing with a situation where football is so much less travel than than a baseball every day, that you're right. I mean, they basically seems like they're going to plan on doing a bubble, you know, with each individual school on campus anyway. The question is, will the student yep. athletes listen, right? That's my big question. Yeah, because all it takes is one horny idiot to go to a house party. And <laughs> exactly. Then you're screwed. Uh, and there's more of them. I mean, it's not like, you know, basketball, you're, you're talking about, you know, only 12 to 15 players per team uh, and then the, the periphery parts around that. You know, hockey, they've been able to figure this out and seem to have uh, do a really underappreciated job of being able to figure out how to do that. 
And baseball, you know, even the, you know, the guys who are saying, you know, some of the Marlins are saying, you know, we didn't get this from going to a club. We just got it. Uh, it it's, it, it's hard. It's just hard to do because once you get one guy who has it, like, you know, it happened at Northwestern, things shut down. And no matter what you think about this in terms of whether you think this is all sort of overblown or all sort of, uh, you know, you know being out to a media creation or if you're one of those types, the, the reality is, especially when it comes to college kids, things that shut down as soon as people get this. And so if you're a college football program, you've got to do everything possible to make sure your players are just held in a safe and a safe enough environment where they feel like they can go and, you know, do what they do without getting this. Thing. Mm-hmm. Pete Futak is joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, publisher of collegefootballnews.com. So, Pete, when you look at this thing now going forward, from the Big 12 perspective on the field, the question is, who can take down Oklahoma? Can anybody take down Oklahoma? Uh, First off, let's talk about the Sooners in particular, breaking in likely Spencer Rattler at quarterback. Should the expectations, again, at OU be college football playoff or bust? It has to be at this point, and and even more. I mean, you know, look, it's unfair that the bar is that because it's kind of an unrealistic thing to, to ask for. But if you're Oklahoma and you're doing this every year and, you know, look, let's be honest, the big 12 isn't exactly the SEC West. You know, it's, it's, you, you've got one or two teams that are always going to be pretty good. It's a good competitive conference for the, you know, with a lot of better teams this year. But if you're, you're Oklahoma, you're so much better than everyone else except maybe Texas and maybe Oklahoma State this year. So you don't have that many great teams. So you're absolutely, if you're Oklahoma, you've got to think if you don't go to the college football playoff or at least win the Big 12 championship, yeah, your season's kind of a disaster. So the, the interesting part about the Spencer Rattler thing is you better be great because, you know, when you're coming off of a, a run of Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, you didn't go get, uh, you know, the Eric Kings or any of the other uh, top uh transfer types so you're going with him so he has to be the guy to go and now when you look at at who can possibly uh beat the Sooners I mean I think the Big 12 is going to be pretty deep this year Pete what do you think about the teams that may have the best chance to to take down OU who is that program that you're keeping a close eye on yeah if let's let's do this in two ways if everything's normal in terms of let's say all 10 teams are able to stay healthy and able to play Texas certainly has it. They just have never been able to tackle. So they, until they can do that, and they can, they've got the talent to put it all together. But Oklahoma State, uh, it, it seems like one of those teams with the offensive firepower in place. Uh, Mike Gundy in the program seems to be over the, the issues of the offseason and his gaffe. Uh, so they seem to be okay enough. Their, their defense has got enough talent to be okay. Uh, but that offensive firepower uh, is just good enough to handle Oklahoma. Now, on the flip side of this, okay, let's say we're not in normal time. So what's going to be interesting now is there, the, the great part about the new you know, 9 plus 1 model for uh, the Big 12 and in general overall for the conference play for uh, the Power 5 is there's no fluff. There's no waste. I mean, they may, you know, sure, that, that plus 1 could certainly be Cupcake City or something. But for the most part, you, you have no games that are going to be all that easy to get through that you can just tune up with. So that's fun for the fans. That's tough for the other teams to get great records. So 
if you really are focusing on conference on conference action, you know, you get two losses and that's it for your college football playoff thing. But that also puts everybody in play for the big 12 championship. If you can just pull off a couple of wins and then there's the X factor and all this is, you know, two of them. Well, one, who's going to be able to stay healthy. I mean, like you said, who locks it down the best? It's almost, you know, not to be gross about this, but who's going to be able to not get it and Mm -hmm. who's going to be able to keep most of their team from not getting this virus. And secondly, who's able to keep their stars Rashad Bateman, uh, the great Minnesota wide receiver decided to opt out today. And I think we're going to see just a waterfall of, uh, of top talent saying, what am I doing here? Why am I risking it for this weird season? Uh, so then, you know, the Big 12 is obviously loaded with NFL talent, especially on the offensive side. Who gets to keep their main guys? Mm-hmm. No, that's a very good point. Very good point. Pete Futak is our guest here on the show. So, uh, Pete, as, as you look at this conference and you stack it up this year, I mean, outside of KU, I, I think this is going to be one of those years where – any team, whether it's a West Virginia, a Texas Tech, a K-State, I could see him picking off one of the top couple of teams in this conference. Is this the deepest conference in America this year? It kind of. Deep is relative. Uh, no, the, the mid to lower end of the Big 12 can't hang with the mid to lower end of the SEC or the, uh, the Big 10. Uh, the ACC is probably on par with it because you kind of really do have Oklahoma than a next here of Oklahoma State and Texas, and then there is everyone else. But that everyone else, like you mentioned, even Kansas is at least, you know, Kansas, where they have a million JUCO transfers and good enough experience where they can they can pick off someone on the right day. But, yeah, I mean, you're not shocked if Iowa State beats Oklahoma. You're not stunned if Kansas State goes on a, a good run here. It's a very strong team coming back. Texas Tech is health with them. They didn't have, any, they didn't have a healthy quarterback for most of last year. So they, that's a program that could be better fast. So, but there's a lot of them. So part of the problem is you're going to have this mishmash of five and five teams. Uh, and then who can be the ones who can pick off the big guys? So, so depth is, yes, in terms of entertainment-wise, yes. In terms of how good these teams actually are, yeah, it's still kind of a, a step behind the power five, other power fivers. Mm-hmm, no doubt about it. Well, Pete, as, as you look then throughout this conference, and I see a middle of the pack that – you know, you mentioned the amount of teams that could end up with five and four, four and five in Big 12 play. You can make an argument, I feel like, for probably seven teams in this conference to finish five and four or four and five. The middle of the pack, whether it's a TCU, maybe uh, a Baylor, throw in an Iowa State if you want to, possibly, uh, Kansas State. Who's the team that's most likely to surprise in this conference that maybe we're not talking about enough? I guess West Virginia, uh, because really? Neil Brown is too, too good of a head coach. Uh, and he had the same thing sort of happened at Troy where his first season, he had a rebuilding campaign and all of a sudden everything worked. Uh, that defense should be, there's actually going to be defense at West Virginia. Uh, the uh, offensive side can't be that mediocre again. And what I kind of liked about the end of last year is it's not like the team quit. It was a lost year or the dead year and they kept fighting and they won a couple of nice games at the end of the season. I think that's a team that could be one of those that just sort of rises up from the pack. And, it, you know, like you said, there's, it's going to be all these teams, you know, you've got you know, outside of Kansas and outside of maybe Oklahoma and Texas, you know, you're not shocked if the other eight teams are around the five and four ish 
uh, conference mark. Yeah. The other big question mark that we don't know yet is does a does an away game matter? Like, like you're going into you know Oklahoma, you're going into you know Texas. Yeah, you're playing the tough teams, but you're probably not going to have fans in the stands. So how does that affect anything other than just the the travel itself? Uh, the home field advantage, I think, takes a big knock this year. So I don't think road games, like just because, you know, you're, uh, I don't know the schedule, how it's going to be yet, but let's just say, you know, let's say you are a TCU. You're not going to necessarily have a massive advantage over Oklahoma just because you're getting them in Fort Worth or some team like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very good point. So what do you think then, Pete, the college football playoff should look like since we've got you know, one non-conference game per league. It's it's not, probably not going to be a power five. So what do you do with the college football playoff? I, I think it just goes, first of all, they're going to have to do some work this year because realistically, for the, for the whole college football playoff, there's been some arguments here and there, but it's been relatively easy so far. There hasn't been a, you know, there's been a couple, you know, we could qu- calls that we could question, but there's no real argument yet. This is a year where you're going to have to have the, co- the committee really be able to do a hard analysis and say, you know what, just because this you know, SEC team is 7-3, and that still might be one of the four best teams in college football. But does that matter? So I'm guessing in this year of all years, this could be the potential is there for this to be as chalky as it gets because the same formula still holds. If you win your Power 5 Conference Championship and you go undefeated or have one loss, you're probably assured to be in this thing no matter what. If you have two losses, then, you know, we haven't seen that yet. So uh, two losses is going to be a killer unless it's a case like an SEC, you know, champion who does it or, you know, a Big Ten champion who beats an Ohio State with two losses. It's going to be hard. So, again, same formula kind of holds. This could end up being easy because if you do have four uh, one-loss or undefeated Power 5 conference champs, there's your college football playoffs no matter what. And then outside of the obvious, too, it looks like, you know, Clemson and Alabama. Um, what's the team that Big 12 fans should be keeping an eye on that, that you know, is a national title contender? Is it the obvious one, then Iowa State? And if so, where's the dark horse? Uh, in terms of, like, who's, who's going to get into the college football yeah, playoff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just nationally, I that, mean, that or, non-Big 12 team we're not talking about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oregon's the one. I mean, they're the best team in the, the Pac-12, and, you know, USC gets everybody back. So if they can beat Oregon and they might have to just, if, and they can win the Pac 12 championship and go nine and one and then 10 and one with the Pac 12 championship, the, the, the Pac 12 South is really soft. It, it's UCLA is not very good. Utah is reloading a bit, even though you got the lines, Arizona and Arizona State are gettable. So USC in this weird year kind of has the right setup to, to do this. If they could lose like one game, and but if they win the Pac-12 title, they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it's kind of holds form for the Big Ten. However, this is going to shake out. I mean, you know, Wisconsin, for example, misses most of the big boys on its regular schedule. They have to go to Michigan as it stands right now. We'll see the schedule later today. Uh, but it's uh, that's a team that again, if it can go, you know, you lose one game along the way and win the Big Ten title, you're in. So. It really is going to be the strangest of all years because, look, keep your guys healthy. Keep your keep your team with no positive responses, no positive test results, and all of a sudden you're just staying in this. It's almost like a, a car race. You just keep your car on the track, mm-hmm. and you're still in this thing.
Yeah, no doubt others about are going to fall along the way. He's Pete Futak, does great work. College football news. Pete, love having you on. Always appreciate the insight, man, and I hope we'll have a chance to actually talk about football games come this fall. Thanks so much. Oh, very soon. Thanks, Mr. Mundo. Great to talk to Pete Futak. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Please leave that rating and review before you close out, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. It really does help more than you guys probably think. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Take care.